Hey, and welcome to Girls to the Front. I hope you're all having a fantastic week. With all these bank holidays, I think it reminds you of how incredible a four-day working week would be and how nice it is to have longer times, well, a longer weekend to spend with people that you care about and doing things that you care about. It just is that reminder of like, "Mm, imagine this was our reality. And it is a reality, like it could be a reality. They're definitely trialing it in some some countries and it is something that has been trialed in some businesses. So maybe this is the future of the week that we'll have a four day working week. I hope that applies to schools as well. I need, to, I need to fact check this, whether the four day working week would also coincide with a four day schooling week. Because I actually think that most of these like extracurricular stuff that you do, the stuff that you do outside of school is just as fulfilling, well, if not more fulfilling than the stuff that we do in school, like being sat down and having to learn facts and numbers and all this sort of stuff. Now that me having this kind of random rant outside in my outside of my brain has just reminded me of a really interesting conversation that I had last night with the girls in Girls to the Front and how we had a bit of time before class started. We, well, we actually took some time. So I actually ate into the time that we normally have for class to talk about this because I thought it was really important. So the girls were talking to me about how they wish they learned some actual real world stuff in school and how they recognize that some of the stuff that they do learn is important, but outside of that, there are other stuff that they wish they could learn. I was like, oh, this is so, so true. Like now that you're an adult, when you leave school and you're like, oh, I wish I had learned how to do this. I think a number one thing about that is like budgeting and about money and about all this stuff that like, like really applies real world when you leave school, especially if you're going to, you know, go into, well, it's whatever you do when you leave school, but you know, the idea that you're certainly going to become like a the, the auto- you have the autonomy of your own money and leaving school and not having any kind of background knowledge of what to do with that and how you get taxed and how all this sort of stuff works with the kind of nonsense the government makes you do with your own money but yeah uh, I just thought it was a really interesting conversation imagine we had a four-day schooling time where you learnt more about that like the numbers and the school stuff that you do and then you had a three-day period where you could go and explore other things and learn about other things and have an extra day to explore how you sit in the real world and what that looks like for you I think that'd be awesome that has well that really came out my brain (laughs) I was also talking to the girls last night about exams and how there is a lot of pressure when you're at school when you're in those exam years to do really well and they often make you feel like this is the most pivotal time in your life and if you do, how you do then defines how you're going to do in the future. And I'm going to say this as someone that has, <laughs> I have only actually just finished education. I'm 29 years old, but I have done some form of education or further education or, or whatever you want to call it for most of my life. Um, yeah, finishing with my PhD, which finished last year. But yeah, I think at every time point you're told that this is the most important thing you're going to do. And that starts in year six. Well, my earliest memory of this happening is in year six when you do your SATs. I don't know if these still exist. I feel like I'm now old. So yeah, Um, (laughs) I am now talking like an old person. But it started off in year six with SATs. You're told these are the most important exams you're ever going to sit because it's going to determine what you do when you go to secondary school. And you go to secondary school and then you build up to year nine, that middle point of secondary school. And you're told this is the most important time in your life because it's going to sort out which sets you're in. And it's going to sort out what this looks like for the higher parts of your secondary education. So you get really nervous about them. Then you get to year 10, you get to year 11 and you sit your GCSEs and you're told these are the most important exams you're ever going to sit because they're going to define your job and they're going to 
define where you go to university. They're going to decide what you do in college and all this sort of stuff. Then you go to college, your A-levels define what you do. Then you go to university, whatever degree you get in university defines what you're going to do. Then you might choose to do something else and that defines what you're going to do. But ultimately, I feel like I have to say this because I said this to one of the girls last night. What defines you is you. Your value is not in an exam grade. It's not in how well you do at something. I was trying to communicate to that person that it is in the effort. And if you put in as much effort as you can and you're proud of your effort, then whatever the outcome is, that is what defines you. So just communicating this in the first five minutes to whatever is put in front of you at this time point, whether that's exams, whether that's gonna, whatever's happening tomorrow, that kind of decision or whatever comes as a result of that isn't the defining thing with you. It is all of your actions and all of your values and everything like that, that adds up. And that is what defines you. And it's how you deal with succeeding and failing and all that sort of stuff that comes with that. That's what defines you. So If you're listening to this and you have exams coming up, please, please, please do not stress. Do not cause yourself loads of stress. Don't get really anxious about this. They are not, they do contribute something to your education. I'm not taking that away from them. I'm not saying completely ignore them. What I'm saying is is that they don't define you. They are not your worth and whatever is the outcome, as long as you are confident in what you put in and you're happy with the effort that you put in, that's what defines you. It is the effort that defines you, not necessarily the outcome that defines you. I know this is like quite a test in time for lots of young people because this is where you start to sit. All those exams around at May time is where that exam pressure kind of hits. But I'm always an ear for this. I want to create, like, I want to facilitate a space where we can talk about this and we can talk about stress and we can talk about anxiety and all the pressure that comes with it. So I'm here for you, like reach out, you know, especially if you're coming to any of the classes or if you are engaging with me on social media on any level like I am here for you you know let's let's talk these things through and yeah acknowledge that they're these are not defining they are defining moments but they aren't the definition of you so I think this actually leads quite nicely into what I was going to talk about this week so I'm pulling the pin out of a topic that I mentioned last week which was documenting and journaling and writing things down and well documenting it in a way that suits you so I think this is really important to kind of like learn what things mean to you and to kind of make your own like worth and to look like examine a little bit more closely like what defines you and what makes you happy and the sort of things that you want to document and the certain things that you avoid documenting and stuff like that so first of all documenting comes in all shapes and sizes it can come in lots of different ways There is not one approach that I think suits everyone. So if you look at like the more traditional form of documenting, I think that comes in the form of journaling, which does work for some people. So that's just the idea of writing things down or drawing things. And it's a very kind of tangible way of doing it because you're physically writing, you're physically drawing, you're physically putting stuff down in a notebook, essentially. It doesn't have to take the form of a notebook. You know, you can do it in your notes app on your phone. You can do it on your laptop. You can do it in a variety of ways. But I think that's the most traditional form is that, kind of long form way of communicating your feelings and emotions and it's just a case of you can reflect on it at the beginning of the day you can reflect on it at the end of the day but I think that's like kind of the most common way of perceiving journaling and it's something that you can reflect back on you can turn the pages you can go back on it and you can sort of revisit 
times and uh, times from feelings and just examine them a little bit more closely. And then you can start to make links. So why did I feel like that then? And, you know, you can start to track things. You start to look at things. You can start to look at, you know, relationships that you have. You can start to look at experiences you have and the experiences that you wanted to talk about and the experiences you didn't want to talk about. I think it's, um, it's a really good way of looking at yourself a little bit more closely. So I tried journaling. I tried writing things down. And for me... I, I just couldn't get on with it and the reason I couldn't get on with it is because I am quite a perfectionist I'm quite creative I would say um and I'm a bit of a perfectionist so I'd want to create this like physical journal that looked incredible so a lot of the time I was kind of uh like paralyzed by trying to make something look amazing so if someone else saw my journal they'd be like whoa this is like a work of art now no one else is going to see a journal no one else really should see a journal it's quite a personal thing um but yeah, so I was quite like, to, I tried and I just couldn't get on with it. I bought several hundred notebooks, I think, which I've all now used for different reasons. But yeah, I just couldn't get on with it that way. But I really loved the idea of documenting things so that I could reflect and that I could just acknowledge that these were like significant time periods in my life. So thanks to my friend, Owen, I started documenting like through filming and I started documenting through pictures and stuff like that. So started that and I felt like that was what meant most to me and I could create lots of little videos and it started off of me just literally recording everything I did day to day so they were kind of like yeah daily journals essentially that I would post on social media or I would keep or I would do something with to remind myself of oh okay so this is what I was doing on I don't know the 4th of May 2018 or whatever and I could look back on it and it was like a very visual thing I could see it um, and I could kind of relive that experience and because I spoke about this last week I actually went back and revisited some of the early videos that I'd done and they're really they're really funny because AM1 is obviously how I'm starting out and I'm trying loads of different transitions and I'm putting loads of music on them and I'm putting loads of effects and loads of stuff like that um but also it's like I was actually having this conversation with Owen earlier about um, how things have changed in that relatively short period of time. And you can actually physically see like, oh, this person's doing this now. And oh, I don't see that person as much anymore. And I was really close to that person. And oh, like, I'm really glad I documented there. So I revisited some of those recently. Um, and the form that this takes now for me is not necessarily a daily kind of practice of me filming. Although I do take a lot of videos and I do take a lot of pictures per day. But for me, I try and... I think for me, the process of documenting is examining stuff that I that makes me really happy. So the times that I want to document the most are when I feel the most happy or I feel like I'm the most myself. So that's something that I've learned through documenting is the idea that what do I want to share like with myself? What do I want to keep the memory of and what do I want to share with other people that I've done? Like, and now that I've learned that in terms of like setting boundaries and trying to decide on stuff that I want to do and trying to prioritize my time. I, I'm now a little bit more clearer on where I prioritize that time because I can look at, oh, I love documenting that. I love the process of documenting that. And I've got some amazing videos of me doing stuff like that. And I know that those are the things that I want to prioritize. And then there are other things which I may have potentially avoided documenting or I look back and I cringe a little bit on. And now I know that they're not necessarily things that I want to prioritize. So for me, those prioritizing things are being outside, being with my dog, being with Carrie, you know, all those videos that I look back on now and like my heart gets like mega happy, like being at the beach, going in the sea, 
all those sorts of things I've documented so religiously that I'm like, oh, obviously this means something to me. And I've got loads of pictures and I've got loads of videos that I put together from those times. And then there are other things that I'm like, oh, I <laughs> document that very rarely. Um, and now I know that if I had a choice between those two situations, you know, I shouldn't let any guilt come into that. I know exactly what works for me and where my happy place is. And because I've been documenting and learning that thing about me, then I know that I, it's a quite an easy decision to make now. So I think that process of documenting is a really good way of looking at yourself and taking a step back and doing it in a way that you really enjoy, but just learning a lot about yourself and what such stuff. And I think it really helps you find some sort of purpose in life. Um, I haven't spoken about having a purpose and having a why that much on this podcast um, because I think it's quite a big question and I will touch on it and I will talk about it because I think it's really important that you find something, you find some purpose in life, you find some why in life. Um, but yeah, I think that process of documenting help makes those things a little bit clearer, especially when you look at, well, who am I making this for? Am I making it for myself? Am I making it to inspire others? Am I making it for an ego reason? That might, ne might not necessarily be the right reasons. Yeah, so yeah, I think this whole process of documenting is, is really important and definitely something that if you're listening to this now, maybe go and try and practice this in your everyday life. It doesn't have to be super complicated. And I know I spoke earlier about me trying to be a perfectionist with the written journaling. Um, so now I'm going to kind of contradict this. And I'm projecting to myself is the idea that it doesn't have to be perfect. You're not making, um, you're not making a, an incredibly detailed journal with amazing pictures that looks beautiful. You're not making a movie that's going to be released in the cinema. It's just something that's personal to you that I think should act as a reminder um, and as you go through the process of doing it, you'll get better at it and you'll learn how to do it quickly and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, you'll find a way that works for you. But yeah, I think it's just important to make a start. So, you know, for me, it was just a case of two second video clips of what I was doing that day and yeah, and then putting them all together and putting some music over the top and yeah. And now I've got I think I started this in 20 well started doing this something like this in 2018 so I've got three years worth of videos to look back on um and the other thing as well which has kind of just come into my brain is that I started a podcast another podcast when I well when we Oh, it must have been in 2020 that we started. So this is like a two-year thing now of conversations with someone that I'm really grateful that I have that time to have quite deep and meaningful conversations and quite difficult conversations with someone that are all documented and recorded to look back on at some point in my life and be like, ah. Oh. And I think even with those, if you listen to episode one of those and compare it to where we are at now, I think you can see a lot of learning and a lot of growth and a lot of kind of epiphanies that we've had. And yeah, I think... That's kind of another way. And the thing that we try and push with that podcast is that anyone can do it and anyone should do it because you've got a lot to offer. Like your own thoughts and feelings are going to help someone else. So the more you can kind of document those and maybe share those with people if you feel like you can, if you feel like you're comfortable. Yeah, I think this could all contribute to a lot of good in the world and a lot of change in the world that would be really beneficial and would be really helpful to a lot of people.
And with that documenting, I think one of the things that I've taken away from it is that I just wish I had started it sooner. I wish I had filmed more things. I wish I had, it's even as simple as when I first started kind of making videos and making things to reflect my day or my week, uh, Dags was a dog kind of thing. He was a little bit bigger than he, well, he wasn't a puppy anymore, essentially. And when I look back on that, I actually have nothing of Dags as a puppy, which when I look back, I have certain things, but I'm like, oh, I've missed quite a big section that I would love to reflect back. And I'm always like, oh, I wish I'd started it sooner. But also I wish I'd started it sooner because I moved to Swansea six years ago. And if I had documented that process and if I'd shared that process, I think it would have been a massive help for me to be able to share that with myself and keep that for myself. And I think that now it would also be something incredible to share with other people because it wasn't an easy thing for me to do, to leave my family in Hereford, which is two hours away, and to move to somewhere which was relatively unknown to me. I didn't have my own friends here. I had an amazing support network of people, don't get me wrong, and I'm really grateful for them, and they're still in my life now. But I hadn't got friends that I'd made myself, and I wish that I could have documented that. I wish I'd been doing this a little bit sooner so that I could be like, oh yeah I'm, I felt like that then and look at where I'm at now and being able to like make those little comparisons of I think knowing that sometimes situations you are gonna pass and are gonna blow over and then being able to kind of look back on that and be like oh yeah remember when I thought that this was the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with and now look at where I'm at now and I've dealt with so much else in the meantime but I was at that time it felt like this so yeah i I guess what I'm trying to say is just start <laughs> start documenting, start and putting stuff down, start trying to find a way that works for you. The earlier you start this, and this is why I'm trying to communicate it to a podcast that I hope young people are listening to is because if you can start this now, imagine how much stuff you're going to have to look back on. Imagine how much amazingly meaningful stuff you're going to be able to look at. Imagine you know, if you're in year nine now and you're doing your, your exams now and you document this process, imagine looking back at this when you're in university and being like, oh, I thought that was the hardest thing in the world. Now, like, look at what I've learned as a result of that. And yeah, I've just, it would be, I think when you then 10 years later be able to look back at who you were when you're 14, it might be cringy, but I think it's a really good thing to know about how much you've grown and kind of the person you thought you were when you're 14 compared to where you're at now and having documented that and yeah I also think it's a really lovely kind of and this I mean not to kind of if you are if you're someone that doesn't like the thought of this then I I should probably say sorry in advance but I think you know the idea that time is finite and the more stuff that you can document and the more stuff you can kind of maybe leave behind or like someone else can acknowledge or use or have that doesn't mean necessarily when your time is up but maybe it's to pass on to someone else you know um when my great grandma died we found loads of her diaries and she had been keeping diaries for years years and years and the fact that I could go to my date of birth and look at what she had put in on the her diary the day that I was born and being able to see that like 
a, a week later she had visited me and this is what I look like and being able to like just go through every birthday that I had up until like she passed away and have that written down in a diary is just amazing so imagine that someone else could have that with you or that you leave that kind of legacy behind where someone is like oh yeah that's incredible I don't know I just think documenting and kind of being able to put down your feelings and emotions at a time and then being able to reflect on that and being able to share that with other people and other people being able to reflect on that is a really empowering and a really lovely thing to be doing so yeah I'm pretty pa- I'm pretty passionate about documenting things and I kind of didn't really realize until I've spoke about it on my own that I'm like oh yeah like this is something that everyone should be doing so I'm actively encouraging you now to start exploring documenting exploring kind of keeping a note of these things the other thing I wanted to touch on this week and I'm kind of gonna kind of close off the podcast with with these kind of feelings that I've been having towards this um so you might have seen in the news that uh, in America, the Roe versus Wade ruling has been revoked, well, is being discussed about being revoked in America. So what this is all about is that there was a court case in Texas, America, where a woman wanted to legally seek an abortion and was obviously told at the time that this was not legal. On behalf of this woman, some attorneys filed a case and they took it out against the local district attorney who was called Henry Wade, this is why it's called Roe versus Wade. And eventually the court ruled in favor of the woman that was seeking an abortion. So what this led to was that abortion was uh, legalized in the majority of states in America, or at least it kind of like removed all the legal restrictions of, well, not all of them, but many of the legal restrictions on a person's right to choose whether to have an abortion or not. So this happened And now we are at a position in 2022 where this is being discussed again because it is a conversation that is being had whether they are going to revoke this, which would mean that abortion is not absolute and it must be weighed against the government's interests in preserving a life. So this isn't a woman's choice. What they're saying is that they're going to revoke this so it makes it the government's choice about whether a woman has the right to seek an abortion. Now... There are multiple reasons why a woman might seek an abortion, but ultimately what this is a discussion around is women's autonomy over their own health. And what makes me really angry is that we are still living in an an age where women's health is up for discussion by people who I would say have absolutely no right to be discussing women's health. The only people that should have a right to discuss women's health are the women themselves. And it should be women that have that choice and that autonomy to make decisions about their health. And that doesn't have to just be about abortion. That also encompasses everything to do about a woman's health. It should be your choice. So in terms of anything that directly impacts your health, you should have a choice about what decisions you make next. And that should not be dictated by other people. 
It should not be, it should definitely not be dictated by a government and it should definitely not be dictated by people who have no idea about your experiences, who have no idea why you are seeking those health decisions and have absolutely no empathy for who you are as a human being. So I'm kind of closing off the podcast today with this notion around we should all have the autonomy to make decisions and being a human being is incredible because we do have some levels of autonomy which means that we can make choices and we have free will that means that we can make these decisions but there are instances where other people are trying to get in the way of that autonomy are actively trying to seek to suppress people's choices. This is completely abhorrent and it should not be the case, but this is now coming to the forefront of like, the. you cannot avoid this to- this kind of news piece today. You cannot avoid the fact that this conversation is ongoing, whether that's on social media or in the news, it's being discussed quite openly. And I think it would, I think I would be doing a disservice to this podcast if I didn't kind of bring this up at the end to talk about and to open up conversation around this topic. So I'm closing this podcast off with this today so that I hope that I'm, what I'm saying is, is that this is a safe space to discuss things like this, to discuss the whys and the hows and what we can do to kind of facilitate change that means that people stop making decisions on behalf of other people. So if this is something that evokes the same feelings in you as me or evokes different feelings or whatever, like I would just, I just want to say that this is a safe space and we can talk about all these things. And yeah, I just want to kind of get that across because I am so angry and so disappointed um, that we live in a world that still has this and still kind of oppresses women and young women and still tries to make decisions on their behalf. So so yeah, I didn't want to end the podcast being like on a kind of down note, I guess, but I also just want to kind of double down on the idea that what I'm trying to facilitate is a community of women and girls that have a voice and know that it can facilitate change in their groups and they can facilitate small change. So yeah. How I am going to end the podcast is how I always end it. And I remember this week, I am going to recommend a song for everyone to listen to. I was pretty amped because last week I recommended Wet Leg and then loads of people were like, Wet Leg. And I don't know if it, I'm not saying it's just because of this podcast, but lots of young girls were like, yeah, let's listen to Wet Leg. And I was, I, I was like, yes, this is, this is good. I'm glad people are listening to music, good music from good pe- good people. The song I'm going to recommend this week is a song I've been listening to all weekend, um, but it really gets stuck in your head. So the reason I'm recommending it is because I kind of want everyone to get it stuck in their heads and then we can all have to listen to it as many times as I listen to it because it's been stuck on a loop in my head. So the song this week that we're all going to listen to is Bubblegum by Mystery Jets. (laughs) 